Come with me as we dive into some of the most intimate diaries a person could share. My mission is to inspire you to push through during the toughest of times, too. Thank you for being here. This is Push Diaries Podcast, and I'm your host, Tess. So guidepost three, cultivating your resilient spirit, letting go of numbing and powerlessness. Um, Resilience is your ability to overcome adversity and bounce back from losses, errors, and setbacks. Um, Brown Uh shares five common qualities of resilient people. Resilient people are resourceful problem solvers. Resilient people seek help when they need it. Resilient people take ownership of their ability to take action to manage their feelings. Resilient people have access to social support and they are connected with other people. Across the board, wholehearted men and women are spiritual people. Um, That's what Uh Brene Brown says. Uh, This doesn't mean they're religious. It means wholehearted people have a deeply held belief that we are inextricably connected to each other by something greater than us. It's this oneness that provides a sense of purpose and perspective in life. Even when the going gets tough, it helps you recognize that you always have what you need within you to persevere through challenges and setbacks. This is why I love gerontology, the study of aging, because older people have lived through so much, and I think they're just incredible. Like, I don't know if it's weird or artistic or um, uh, human anatomy of me to, like, say, I really think it's amazing that with every wrinkle on an old person's body, um, it just shows, like, the amount of time they've weathered just like being in their bodies and like going oh, through yeah. life. It's just amazing. Oh, for sure. Well, and I always, you know, uh, a lot of us have struggles like, let's say, with uh, birthdays or, you know, getting older, things like that. You know, there's, you know, I, um, I, I feel like it's a, a privilege denied to many to get to grow old, you know, like. Yeah. And we don't have the ability, you know, the ability to, a lot of us sometimes struggle with finding the ability to bounce back or how to develop. Because develop, resiliency is sort of inherent and also developed like a trait, like a, like a skill. Like Brene says, develop more resiliency, you know? Yeah. And those are super important, especially right now. Yeah, I think people often... And I get into this bad habit, too, where I am focused on the here and now, and I think, oh, my gosh, Carmen, the here and now is so stressful. Listen to how stressful the here and now is for Tess Bowl. And then, yeah, you take a minute, you spend time with, like, a grandma, or you see a cute old guy at the grocery store who smiles at you, and he's, you know, 96, wobbling down the hallway. It's just like, oh, my gosh, that guy, like, gets that my life is hard, but that I'm still resilient you know i don't know i just love them (laughs) i mean yes like it takes some sort of like skill to age but you know the present's pretty important too like i wouldn't misconstrue like that idea that i'm so focused on the here and now that i'm so stressed out about it that i can't like what that is like we need to cope then you know like 
we need to find ways of coping, like challenging, like dealing with our stress rather than internalizing it, let's say. Yeah. That's a good word to use. Yeah. And allowing it to eat us alive. Yeah, and how do you make Coping yourself... sometimes checking out, like, self-soothing, you know. Yeah. Okay, that's why we need many, many skills. Like, we need many ways of coping, you know. Life is traumatic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Especially right now. Yes, and I also feel like we all have, like, three things that we know we maybe lean into doing, like, that's normal for us to do. But there's sure. a lot more than those three things that we could be doing, right? A lot, yeah. Or expressing i mean you're right i'm not comfortable expressing a lot and i didn't really know that about myself yeah so it's a little bit like oh crap here we are but (laughs) it still feels really good so right yeah i mean it it is hard to not internalize and you know we got to feel our way through a lot of like we got to feel our emotions through rather than always distract from them or use some like tolerance coping like we always we have to find ways of moving through versus just always distracting from them you know like watching yeah. a silly old movie or things like that are good to do in times where we're in like crisis but not as a way of coping with like working through things it's just uh, another part of that too i guess i want to add in this moment would be trusting your body that it knows how to do it Right. And not being afraid of weathering a little bit of storm, right? Like, mm-hmm. we are resilient. Not not even necessarily like you have to get to a place of being resilient, but like, we are resilient. We can lean into those habits or not habits, yeah. but, but things that like, you know, we were born with that we just don't exercise. Maybe actions right. and, and habits and creating better like thought processes. Again, People go listen to the Heal documentary on Netflix. It's amazing. Right. I love what they talked about. Anyway, we should move along to the next guidepost, but yeah. Well, I want to add one thing about resiliency, though, that um, I feel like is super important. Yes. It's it's more like a somatic term. A somatic is like um, in your body. You know, I am of the belief system that we store emotions in our body and trauma lives in our body and you know, that it manifests itself in physical and health issues and stress and all kinds of different stuff if we don't sort of, like, work on it or work through it, right? Yeah. So there's another add-on layer, however I want to say that, that I feel is super important is that that goes along with that HEAL documentary. is about belief, right? Like self-sabotage slash not slash gratitude slash know our belief system of how like knowing we'll be okay whatever an outcome will be you know kind of like faith right yeah like that's where Brene talks about the spirituality parts of ourselves that you know isn't it isn't about religion but it's more about faith right yeah but I can weather the storm then I will be okay even if the outcome isn't what I want or you know that sort of stuff combined with sorry this one's a big one this is good combined with though a felt sense okay so like a like a coping skill that i've been working on with people is this idea of felt sense where it's 
you know, I'll pull in some, something I've experienced before, right? Like, it's like um, a place where I found like a whole bunch of joy or felt safe or felt comfortable or relaxed or peaceful, right? Like, I'll think of that time and then I'll feel that time, right? Yeah. So it's not just a think, it's a feel, okay? It's like an envisioning. Uh, nope, that's thinking. We got to pull in the feeling of the, the safeness or the feeling of joy, right? Joy is a, joy is an emotion. It's not a brain, right? It's not our mind. I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, feelings happen in a couple of different places in our body. But it's more of a feeling. That helps develop resiliency, too. Then yeah, I'll that's even take incredible. it a little further with people and say, okay, you know, Tess, like I'll ask you, like, you remember working at the Historical Society, mm-hmm. yes? Yes, I love and that And how job. much joy and how much love you, like, it, it had there, right? Yeah. So can you feel that right now? If I start you- to try, it helps a lot. Right. If you can you pull in how that like remembering and then feeling, right? Like Yeah. Think of a time you were there and then you can feel it. Okay. So then the next step would be let's take that feeling and say, you know, how do you think you would feel finding a place where you live now working at a historical society? That brought up those same feelings. Yeah. Yeah, like and it's for me, like a way of living in our outcome. Yeah, like feeling it. It feels good, man. Like I, it makes me think of like, well, what did I love about the historical society? Well, a lot of things, but I loved mm-hmm. the community there. I loved the volunteers. I loved the relationships I had with my coworkers. So, I think those things. If I could find a place out here, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be. A historical society, right? It could be a small no, right. family-owned business that has, say, 10 employees max. And my job consists of sort of the same duties. You know, I loved taking care of our volunteers and giving back good service because that's what they gave us every time they came in and volunteered their time. So, yeah. So, like, there's, that's there's a nice certain feeling. aspects of that that you enjoy. Yeah. Know? And so then how do I – how do I – sort of live in that outcome of like, okay, like I know what I want going forward. I don't have to live in sort of like this fear of like, how do I find that? Or where do I get that? Or I'm not going to get that. Or, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm not going to get that. Yeah. We don't need to do that, right? Yeah, I worry a lot. And I want to like, I love that these guideposts also challenge us to think about what we're worrying about because it sticks out like a red flag on your results of like, you're not doing one of these things or you're doing one of these things too much. Mm-hmm. And I love that it shows kind of an extreme uh, in a political time. Are you left or right? And it's like, <laughs> you know, where are you? Where do you fall on this little bar graph? And you're different right. from everybody else. And how do I see the other side? Instead of being so black and white, how do we flow more together and create better understanding, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Um, dig in deep, right? Um, that's probably another Brene Brown thing, but, you know, um, like in Wholehearted, right, the Wholehearted, um, book, she talks about a lot of digging deep, like cultivating all these things, right? So it's pretty amazing that we have this scale now to like answer questions, get some information like, oh, okay, so if I, and then 
do as suggested, right? Like if I do these things, I can trust that I will find more of my truth, whatever that is. Yeah. So that's, that's my snippet on resilience. Well, very good. Super important. Yeah. I like the snippet of the feelings, the felt sense you said. I, I've thought about that before. Maybe only, you know, I'm not one who just like basks in good feelings, which is kind of sad <laughs> to say out loud. Well, another reason why it's important. Right? Yeah. Because we can change our emotional state, right? Change your beliefs to change your life. Like we can literally alter our physical state. Yeah. I can alter my genetics. Yes. That's pretty freaking power- empowering. Like. Mm-hmm. Or even my childhood. Like, even if I grew up in a challenging environment, or anyone, if anyone grew up in a challenging environment, mm-hmm. by their practices of resiliency today, they can overcome some of those hurts. Or at least make and them... overcome does not mean that I put it down and I never think of it again. That's not what that means. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you on it. I'll, I'll try. Um, cause it's, it, it, it made me who I am, right? Like it shaped a part of me. Yeah. How could you so it's not like scale yourself? Just, yeah. If you had no experience uh, with nothing. Right. Yeah. Because we all grow up and not everything that happens to us. It shapes us as a human as a positive experience. Let's just be honest, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shit too, but okay. So <sighs> mindful ambition Resilience practice. This was something that I think her website must have encouraged people to go to. So, mindfulambition.net. Anyway, so it says celebrate the missteps. It says when you're used to things going well, it's easy to get upset when they don't. But there's another way to respond that's a lot more effective. When something Mm -hmm. unexpected goes wrong, celebrate it. Celebrate the fact that things not going as planned is the exception to the norm. Now, can I just say that any experience I've ever had with any of this being acted out in my real life is like when people are cynical and they're not actually celebratory because I think like the felt sense thing, going back to that, it's like if you celebrate or smile, it's hard not to feel happy in some way, you know, whereas if you're just saying it in a cynical way, it's like well, that's not a place you want to be either. Just or or even a step further in the wrong direction would be like getting angry or raising your voice or being abusive yeah. to someone or manipulating someone. And it's like, holy crap, why is that so blown out of proportion sometimes? And I'm sure people have experienced that. That's not uncommon for people. But anyway, so it says celebrate how rare it is that you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Celebrate how rarely the Wi-Fi cuts out or you spill your coffee or you actually get injured in the gym. In these moments, the mind wants to focus on what's wrong. Don't fall for that trap. Or like I said, don't become angry when something goes wrong. Exercise the self-mastery to zoom out and see the full picture instead. D.H. Groberg brings this to life in his poem, The Race. The young protagonist, a track athlete, slips and falls during a race. In his haste to recover, he slips and falls again and again and again. He quickly rose, no damage done, behind a bit, that's all, and ran with all his mind and might to make up for his fall. 
So anxious to restore himself to catch up and to win, his mind went faster than his legs. He slipped and fell again. That's pretty good. It's kind of like, I must now say that as a new Michigan girl, the Ford Museum was within like 30 minutes of where I live. It's incredible. And so I was just going to say, there's a quote that Brene pulled out that she really likes. And it says, um, when when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. And I really liked that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So there's two ways of like uh, caveats I'd like to add because like I, I firmly believe in like, like our subconscious, right? Like, like I've said before, we talked about last time is that our memories are about 50% accurate. And then like to add to that, it's that, you know, we're, we're always listening, right? Like, like subconsciously, like the way we talk to ourselves influences how we see the world, right? So like, we might tend to teeter towards like, let's say, toxic positivity with like, some of that mindful ambition stuff, right? Like, um, and so like being like being like mindful or aware of, you know, yes, it's okay to like celebrate that this only happened, blah, 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 right? But like at the same time, at the same time, not invalidating yourself, like denying yourself to like work through the felt, like the feeling, right? Yeah. Like I'm sad because this happened to me, yet also like I'm grateful that it doesn't happen all the time, but I'm still sad, right? Like, like those can be true at the same time. That's kind of like what I call the third option. Because we're a, we're a polarized thinking society where we think it's either this way or it's this way, where in fact it's now neither of those and there's another option in there somewhere. So yeah. like always looking for the third option is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is. Do you hear of people that are elderly say that to you? Like, have you heard of this concept before from elderly people? Uh, what do you mean? What concept? Sorry, I got to let my dogs out. Go, 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 go. That's okay. Go get them. Tyler's going to be coming home any second, and I swear to God they know it. So they're, like, whining at me and sitting by the door, so I just had to let them out. Sure. No, just the third option. I like that you're – that you you keep mentioning the third option. Like, I feel like with every – not every guidepost, but I it's just something that I've heard you say, and I I feel like with life, right, and through experience, the people that do age well and are happy and also patient with themselves and accepting of themselves and have a good worldview because they have a good worldview of themselves and how they've overcame and da-di-da, I just wonder if you've seen this theme a lot with your no. work. I mean, I see the theme all the time. I guess I sort of just came up with that, like, on my own. Like, because I live in gray. I try to live in gray. I don't try to live in a polar, polarized type of thinking. And so, to me, it feels like instead of saying gray, there's a third option. Because, like, we have to make sure we have choices, you know? And it kind of, what just came to my mind, I guess, is when I was in, like, my undergrad college education, I had a really good... Um, like department chair and so like she would say things like because like we actually did a lot of like uh, it's called motivational interviewing training when I was in my undergrad program and she would always say 
coach you into things like I'm trying to think of the right word coach you into things like you know if you're going to give people choices like in this my motivational interviewing always give them three never give them two because then they feel like it's one or the other you need to give them three you know so yeah I guess that's kind of where I started to form my thinking about it if I would yeah if I you know that's cool like, that's neat. right like you know, if, if this person needs to get sober or something, right? Like, well, would you like to go to AA? Would you like smart recovery? Or do you think you just want to like try it on your own or, you know, try harm reduction or yeah, you know, like, and then go and they like give them options yeah, you know, rather than a yes or well, no. Only get this. Yes. And again, you know? for those people that are visual, think of a scale left to right and Carmen, you're basically saying finding the pathways along the way. There's mm-hmm. there's there's good things about knowing. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, just don't, you know, always make sure you're giving yourself choice because, as you know, I'm fully about being empowered and finding where that lies in people's lives rather than being subject to all the things that you can't control. Yeah. Okay. So guidepost number four, cultivating gratitude and joy, letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're watching a movie. The opening scene is a beautiful sunlit day in the mountains. There's a young family driving along the mountain road. They're laughing and smiling together. The camera cuts from scene to scene, showing their joy and watching them as they drive together. Then you think, what happens next? They get hit by a truck, they dive off a cliff, the dad has a heart attack. If you're like most people, you will have one of those negative thoughts. This is what Brene, or, yeah, Brene Brown refers to as foreboding joy. It's the uh-huh. fear that the other shoe is going to drop when good things happen to us in life. Many people carry an unconscious belief, you were just saying this, that says, I can't have too much of a good thing. This belief uh-huh. comes from a place of scarcity. It says, I won't let myself feel this joy because it won't last forever. Right. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That's a pretty sad place to be, too. Hey there, I'm a born Minnesotan, now Michigan girl whose life was thrown into an ineffable state of uncertainty in 2014. I was 24 years old and diagnosed with a rare deadly tumor. Superhuman doctors at the Mayo Clinic of Rochester, Minnesota saved my life by cutting me in half, then putting me back together again with my leg bone. We decided to put me in a cauldron full of chemotherapy drugs for nearly a year in hopes of killing the mutated cells, while my incisions in my skin from three days of surgery took seven months to heal. It was so tough, but I'm so glad I'm here with you all on the other side. My fiance Tyler and I have started creating bonus content for our Patreon supporters. Patreon gives creators the tools needed to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. Having to ask people for money is difficult, and your support of this show is greatly appreciated. Thank you for sharing in my dream, and be sure to check out the bonus content online at patreon.com for Forward slash push diaries podcast. Let's get back to the show. So then it says start practicing gratitude, reframe your expectations about the level of joy you're capable of experiencing in life. 
What if you expected to bring joy into each day? Make noticing what you're grateful. Make noticing what you're grateful a part of your daily life. Grateful for? I'm guessing there's a word missing there. There's always something you can be grateful for, and therefore always a reason to feel joy. Um, Well, uh, yes. Okay. So, naturally, as you're seeing, you know, I I can't off the top of my head when we're talking here, like, remember the next one, right? So, I'm not as, like, well-versed because it's not my scale. So, the the conversation that we're naturally having is leading into the next guidepost. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. So, like, with this guidepost, right, like, like perception altering for me is like uh, like a person and a therapist about shame, okay? Because that's where the like scared of the dark stuff kicks in. In Brene's book, Daring Greatly, I think it was her first book that she wrote, there was a story in there she had shared that always stuck with me and it still does about shame because, you know, ultimately underneath all of this, she's a researcher of shame. So... Someone had came up and spoke with her after one of her speaking events, and he was sharing that he was always like one of those people who planned for the worst but hoped for the best. Okay? And so he was talking about, you know, uh, he would always have outcome contingencies, let's say, for like bad things that were going to happen. And, but always hoped for the best outcomes, right? So one day, they, him and his wife were traveling. Something happened. I can't remember, but she died. I don't know if they got in a car accident or she did. I can't remember the, like, actual details of it. But he talks about nothing he ever did in his life prepared him for the loss, right? So, like, all that work he would always do to, like, prepare for the worst, and one of them would have been your spouse dying, you know, couldn't have prepared him for the loss. And so he sort of had this shame that he lived with where he wasted all of this time preparing for things he could not prepare for. Yeah. And that's kind of like living in the scared of the dark, right? Like that, like fear, like living in scarcity. So this is where the feeling pulls in, right? That felt sense again. And in Trent, like in digs deep even further because what was the first thing you were sharing about this guidepost? Um, imagine you're watching a movie and the opening scene is a beautiful and the car is right. driving along. Yeah. We all, we do that. There is a thing that I will do and I will explain it to you. Um, it's a, it's probably common, but it's a little personal information about me. Um, you know, I had lost in my life early in my age. Like my mom died when I was 19. So I always was afraid that people were going to die on me. Right. So I was always scared of it, worried about people. Right. In, in quote unquote Minnesota, if they say watch out for deer, it means they love you. Right. So there's this thing that would happen to me. So me and my husband, we ride motorcycle. Right. And I really enjoy it. But at some point in that ride, I start to worry that we're going to get in an accident or that's like what happens if we get in an accident? Like how? And then I start to play it out in my mind. Right. And before, I would just sort of like at that point, it would wreck the ride for me and I'd just be afraid and like hyper aware of that, right? But now what I'll do instead is I'll pull in, like I'll take a minute, I'll calm myself down while I'm on the back of this thing, 
and I will think about when I get home and what I need to do next, right? Like a felt sense. Like I'll pull in like how it will feel to come back home and see my dogs and they'll be hungry and I'll need to feed them or, you know, things like that. Like I'll, I'll go into a future event and pull in that feeling of like, joy like oh I missed you or you know like how dogs are just like oh my god you were gone for like years Where yeah did you go? yeah and how they're just so excited to see you right well that that is a really good feeling right like they're so happy to see you yeah so, like I'll pull in that sort of experience that I've had a million times right and it will calm me down and I'll just be like oh okay I'm good now yeah you know? like gonna... and we'll just move on like I'll continue to enjoy the ride but that's where I can build into scarcity like lack or I can find joy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man. The scarcity, it sounds like resource guarding a little bit. It's like you're yeah. so scared yeah. about not like used to not having what you needed. And so you look at life through a lens of never having what you're going to need. And that's a sad place to be, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think people. Well, you've gone through that. Yeah. Wait, what have I gone through? <laughs> scarcity. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> you, sure. You, you've lived in scarcity many times in your life, right? Yeah, have I? See, this is, I feel like I need to do a, an, an exercise and, like, write down all these things. Carmen, I feel like you need to make me a worksheet. <laughs> uh, we. I'm sure we can build on the the resources that already exist in the world for that one. Right. I think so, Because I'm a big proponent of I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like, no. I can find something. We'll find you know? a worksheet. It'll be free online. <laughs> All right. So, guidepost five is cultivating intuition and trusting faith, letting go of the need for certainty. Um, All humans have a craving and certainty and... Con- craving for certainty and control. I need to reread that sentence. All humans have a craving for certainty and control, but there's only so much you ever can control in life. There's a limit to the level of certainty you can experience. Yeah, this is like obsessing over what's going to happen then, which is why intuition and faith are so helpful. They're powerful tools for navigating uncertain environments um, right, so we're talking about the comparison versus creativity, right? Yes. Okay. Intuition. Uh, intuition might seem a nebulous word, but it's actually quite simple. Intuition mm-hmm. is a cognitive process where your mind compares the situation you're in with all the others you've ever experienced. This happens as a subconscious level which is why it's difficult to explain your intuitions and hunches. As Brown says, intuition is not a single way of knowing. It's our ability to hold space for uncertainty and our willingness to trust the many ways we have developed knowledge and insight, including instant, instinct, experience, faith, and reason. So if you want to get great at navigating uncertainty, cultivating your intuition and faith is essential. Holy crap. I make another note in here about... The Heal documentary, I wrote a note that says, This guidepost made me think of documentary Heal. Our thoughts and reactions are a direct link to our faith and intuition. This is why it is so important to make positive pathways and thoughts in our brain so we can become resilient and train our brains to rethink differently. Oh, hello, Tyler. 
Say hi to Carmen. Hey, Carmen. Hey, Tyler. Why do you look tan? Did you come from Florida? Yeah. Or did you come from Ohio? Don't worry about it. I thought he was in Ohio. You look like you've been in the Bahamas. Um, um, it says, start practicing. When you find yourself in uncertainty, check in with your intuition. Find stillness and consider what's your gut telling you to do? What would you do if you had no fear? Create open space in your life to foster your internal connection. If you're constantly bombarded by media and the events and the thoughts of others, you lose track of what's true for you. Make time for meditation, journaling, movement, and other alone time. Yeah, what do you do to do that? I don't meditate and I don't journal. I do movement and I do alone time, but I should definitely do the other two as well. Uh, yes, because the Heal documentary of the foundation of it is about meditation. So meditating is huge. Like, um, I used to be one of those therapists who's like, you don't need to meditate. It's fine. You don't really need that. Mindfulness is important. Um, you know, I used to believe a lot of that. And now, um, I see the experience and I've experienced and I see it where meditation is sort of like my foundation, right? So... Like, meditation works on, you know, like you said, like earlier, you said changing your genetics, right? Like, there's breathing techniques, and there's all kinds of different things that we can do to sort of come back from versions of disease, right? Like, not to say that it cures things, because I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that in combination with, like, Western medicine, Eastern, like, medicine, um, is a lot about uh, felt sense, belief systems, energy, uh, meditation, things that you may or may not tap into in meditation, right? Because if you remember in that heel documentary, Joe Dispenza, he was in there and he talked about how he had some injury and damaged his spine. Yeah, this was and, amazing. And through the like work of his meditation, he is now able to, let's say, walk again, combined with other things. Like, you know, it's it, and that's not my story to share. I'm just saying, like, he shares about that experience, right? Because I'm not into sharing everybody's story. Yeah. But, like, well, and he was able that, to, yeah, like, heal his pain and sensation a bit. Like, uh -huh. that was pretty incredible. Like, the felt sense literally brought him into a place of constant healing. Well, it's kind of like how religious people might pray for five days for something, right? Or, right. or why some people might fast. Right. Yep. So, like, in that, right, like, meditation is for him where all of that's at, okay? And I've gone through some of uh, his beginning program, and it's pretty awesome, you know? it's It takes some practice and some patience, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's Have you gotten helpful. into yoga? Uh, <clears throat> I uh, I like restorative yoga a lot. What um, is I do that? that. Um, yoga is like a practice in like general flexibility. So like every day, like I have my own self-care, right? Like my own self-care routine and things I do, you know, it, 
it may sound a little uh, amped up, and it is because I'm currently going through a pandemic with an immune-compromised system. So, you know, things I do in the morning are I meditate and I wake up. Like I medit- like I wake up, I get my, I feed my dogs, and then I meditate. Right. So I will listen to a, um, uh, like I prefer Joe. That's just my preference. And so do you has, like, like a morning get dressed? That I'll do. Hmm? Do you like get dressed first and brush your teeth? No. no. You because just collapse the... right by your dog food. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll either go sit down or I'll go I'll I'll go sit down in the chair, right? Because uh, he's more about sitting up when you meditate. All right. He's not about laying down. Yeah. So, so I will go and I'll do the morning meditation. Um. Even before I get out of bed, sometimes I don't do this all the time because this is a newer practice. So Wim Hof is this guy. He's called the Iceman. He's got these breathing techniques that are really cool. And I use them. I will do them in the morning when I can remember. I don't do them every day, but I meditate every day. And then um, I will do some stretching or some flexibility sort of stuff, right? Um, I have, you know, I used to get out and go for walks, but I indoor cycle. There's other things that I do. Because I need to be diligent right now. Like, I, like it's like coping ahead, like cultivating creativity, right? Yeah, um, it's good you're doing those things instead of, you know, doing right. suicide attempts or relapsing like everybody else right. is. Like, if I started comparing myself to, like, what other people do, like, that's why I'm trying to say it's a little amped up right now. So I don't want people that's listening to me like, oh, God, I feel like I don't do enough. Like, that's not it. Yeah, but you like, also you doing... don't, but people don't also have to do as long as the one of you. If that's a walk for someone else, that's okay. Or you're just right. saying get into something that makes you feel good because COVID sucks, right? <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't even feel good, but I do it. Like, yeah. It's like my, like my pre-padded, um, like developing my own resiliency when I am starting out with, you know, three less spoons a day. Right. Like, like I'm developing my own in the moment resiliency because of what I do for a living and the things I hear all day long. Oh, I really God. need to make sure that I'm OK. Yeah. So that I can be there. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm always OK either. Yeah. Well, right. so I, I live in the third option a lot. So well, that's good. Uh, personally. Right. But as that comparison trap, like I can't. Yeah. I can't fall for it yeah you can sort of like a. we need to you know i um in marriage therapy there's this term called masters or disasters at relationships and ah uh, shit let me get tyler in here Brene brown actually partners with john gottman who also i'm trained in marriage therapy but i i use that a lot like do i want to develop mastery or do i want to continue to be a disastrous right in my life yeah. Oh my gosh. I uh-huh. seriously, I literally, Tyler and I need to fill you in on our marriage, pre marriage class that we just started. Uh, that's okay. a whole other topic. But yeah, wow. It, I bet that would be very interesting as a therapist, like seeing two different parties play off of one another and like be able to actually see that unfold before you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That yeah. must be pretty entertaining, kind of like turning Netflix on, and probably also sometimes like, holy crap, I have a lot of work to do with these two. 
no, I never think that. I'll well, be honest. I don't, it's like everybody's got their own way to get there. And it takes really like learning about each of the person to know like what they need. Right. Like it'd be like, you can see people maybe caught up in sort of like different patterns. And so how to get them out of it can be very simple sometimes. So it may feel really big, but it's just like, like you, for you, you know, sometimes things feel really big, like unmanageable. Yeah. But then we break them down into manageable sections, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like then me. They, then you feel like it's more, you're more capable. Right. Like, look at these four points tests that you just completely forgot about that you've done already. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and yeah. I never thought of myself before as like perfectionist and I by no means am. But it's funny how in certain ways we're all more strong in maybe one topic or one issue, right? And so sometimes we can become even more critical with those spots of whatever we are. I don't even have an example, but. um, Well, yes. Like, um, remember, we're doing the best we can with what we have. Right. Like always. Yeah. We talked about that the first time, I think. Yeah, that's good. You're bringing it all back. Mm-hmm. So, guidepost six, man, I am a slow lady, but you know what? This is fine, right? I mean, yes. it's still therapy for me. Hopefully, it's therapy for other people. If it's not, I have nothing to apologize for. Nope. Um, Guidepost six, cultivating creativity and letting go of comparison. Well, hot diggity dog. Look at that. There's no such thing as a creative person and a non-creative person. You know what's funny? What? I just, I'm I'm looking at, and I don't know if this is the way it is, but I'm looking at, like, I'm referencing my own inventory, like my, because I took the inventory, you know, and I'm looking at the list. This is because we discovered that cultivating intuition and faith requires a combination of complex assessments rather than a concise set of items. We need to add that into five. So uh, in the wholehearted inventory, when you get your results, it says you will notice that guidepost five is absent from the report. This is because we discovered that cultivating intuition and trusting faith requires a combination of complex assessments rather than a concise set of items that can be incorporated into a more comprehensive inventory. So that's why I was kind of confused at the beginning. And I was like, well, Aren't you talking about comparison and creativity? And you're like, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I didn't know and what. And I looked at your notes, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go with this. I mean, it all sort of ties in, but that's yeah, funny. I'm... So on the, guy, on, the, on the inventory results, let's make sure we let everybody know that uh, five is not listed. Yeah, weird. So, yeah, like, I you're, you're literally right saying... Now. You're literally saying guidepost five is not on the results because you can't. It's saying you can't. It's too complex. Complex. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's, um, I don't hate that there's one that you can't really measure, you know? Right. It's like, that's something you got to do yourself. The spirituality part. You can't force yourself to be one type of way. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's good. I mean, that's good to notice because I yes. have not noticed that with it at 
like right now. Well, that's okay. And I'm sorry that I was like, yeah, this is what we're doing. I don't know which one I'm on now. <laughs> Where did I that's end cool. off? It's just funny how it continues to naturally evolve, though, into the next one. Oh, yeah, they funny. do. They kind of play with each other, don't they? Was I on yes. six? Naturally, all of life now, is Now, yes. Okay, so comparison with others is one of the biggest culprits here. Yep. Um, kids like to um, play make-believe, draw pictures, make things with Legos, etc. And for many years, they express this creativity endlessly without regard for others at a certain age the brain develops in a new way and we become self-conscious we fear judgment and our creative work isn't good enough you know what i hate when people tell kids to stay in the lines or what colors to use or make comments yeah. like oh that you know Pooh bear shirt isn't purple it's red or whatever it's like can you be quiet and let this kid be creative <laughs> right or you get the super angry, short-roped mom who just barks at their cute kid, and you're like, you're like, why are you being such a negative Nancy to your little child that's not even thinking about that or thinking that way? I don't know. Yeah, do you ever do yeah. that? Other people? Oh, yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. So yep, that's no, a... No, I know. I It... it uh, sometimes... Yeah, like, we all have different ways of doing things, right? That goes back to the agreement. Yeah. Like, the four agreements, you know? Right. And, like, learning where I got that from, like, making sure a person colors inside the line, like, where I got that from, and if it's something I want to keep or I want to adjust, because maybe coloring inside the lines matters to some people. Yeah. Whereas... Being less in the lines and coloring outside the lines matters to more people, right? Like, it matters to other people, I mean. You know, I, I, I like the mess, right? I like living in the mess. Like, perfectionism isn't a, it just leads to more depression. There's a whole cycle about it, right? But that's where I equate coloring inside lines with perfectionism. But doesn't necessarily mean that coloring inside the lines is perfectionism, you see? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I do. I know I sound like a, like I'm a zombie over here. Macy and Midge are scratching at the door again, but I'm going to just text Tyler and ask him to let him in for me. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's all about that lens we're looking through. Yes, it definitely is. Um. Okay, so guidepost seven is... Cultivating play and rest, letting go of exhaustion is a status symbol, and productivity is self-worth. The guidepost Actually, has... I don't think we have time. Oh, we don't. You're right. No. It's 2.53. Let's not start another one. Holy crap, right. Carmen. This is taking me forever to get through. Well, isn't that good? It is probably good. Do you feel like I'm spending too long on these? No. Individually? We could spend much longer on them. Right. I suppose we could. All right. Well, then I'm not going to worry about it. It does Good. help for me to have this layout because then, um, yeah, that's very thorough. Like I looked at the well your page, like your link, like that was. I mean, well I, thought out. I nice work. Uh, thanks, but I copied it from the websites. I just put it all together so I didn't have to be clicking around. You know, going from well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you organized it well. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it makes it. I, I realize when I record, it helps me, even if I'm not, 
like dictating exactly what I say word for word, right? It still helps to have some sort of outline. Uh-huh. Because you know me, I jump around a lot and then it's easy for anybody to get lost. So Right. Stay tuned for part yes. three, everybody and Carmen. Huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well thank you. Now um yeah, so we'll be back for part three. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh what day is it today? It's uh it's Thursday, October twenty second. So hopefully you'll cut this part out, right? Yeah, hopefully people have a good weekend. Now I'm gonna cut it out, Carmen. Do you wanna say anything oh, I'm else? Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, no, I, I'm glad we're working on this. Not, not trying to hurry through, right? Because yes. we're tying in like all kinds of stuff. Like we're tying it all in, you know. Yeah, and like I said, I want to be, I want to share my insecurities so that I can hopefully help other people. But right. Um. Yes. Thank you. This is good. We will pick up with more guideposts next time. So I'm gonna end it here. This has been Push Diaries Podcast. Please visit our website at pushdiariespodcast.com to see our mission and learn more about the guests. This is your podcast too. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pushdiariespodcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I know I haven't mentioned this much on the podcast yet, but your support on this show means a lot. If you have time, please head to Instagram and Facebook and follow me on social media. Every share that you give a friend and family is greatly appreciated, and I am honored to be able to bring inspiring stories to all of you so that we feel less alone in such a crazy time. The beautiful thing about these episodes and this podcast is it can be listened to at any time as anyone will be able to find connections to it in ways that they can be inspired. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com to submit an idea for the show. Your stories matter. You are a survivor. If you're listening to this, it means you've made it through a lot of hard times. Or if you haven't, I'm hoping that the stories will help you throughout life as you are challenged, stretched, and tested. It's important to lean on one another through difficult times as we support one another to cope in a healthy way that doesn't further isolate us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. And most of all, thank you for listening.